Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Puff Puff Pass, where Sahara and I talk about our favorite good and bad movies on a special podcast just for you. Sahara, how are you doing? I'm all right, I'm a little tired. You're a little tired? I just woke up from a nap. Yeah, Sahara be taking fat naps now. That's what happens when you're making a person. Making a person? Mm-hmm. A whole person. Mm. I made a brain. You made a brain. And a spine. A spine. And kidneys. Kidneys. Mm-hmm. Wicked. Last time we saw our baby on a sonogram, she had full kidneys, so she needed to pee. I mean, we couldn't see the kidneys, but we the, we just they told us they were there. So. And they said her bladder was full. She's like, I'm making piss. <laughs> You're making piss inside your body, bro. I'm making piss, the poop. I think the poop is called meconium. And did you know that like. Um, your baby can like have its first bowel movement inside and if they do that it's like kind of considered an emergency because they They pooped inside of you yeah because I could get an infection and they could like drown in it isn't that crazy yeah that is wild let's hope they don't do that yeah speaking of drowning and shit (laughs) what 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 movie are we doing today I'm gonna tell (sighs) you set myself up for a perfect joke and you're not even gonna call and response no anyway we are doing the 2019 musical cats Mm. meow directed by tom hopper Mm -hmm. known from lim is the danish girl and the king's speech which is really interesting because i like the danish girl and the king's speech i think those movies are like really good what's the danish girl about it's about that uh where eddie redmayne is that um transgender woman oh yeah yeah that was a really good movie i even have one of the uh film scores on my playlist oh yeah yeah that's funny and i really liked it so i'm very disappointed i knew like i don't know i don't know how to put it like i I feel like i feel like when i saw the trailer for this because you know remember when the trailer came out and everybody was like what the fuck is this taylor swift (laughs) but like I just remember thinking, I was like, okay, cool, Cats the Musical, the musical, the series. (laughs) Cats the Musical, the musical, the series. (laughs) You're awful. I swear to God, wasn't a high school, like the show, Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't it just called High School Musical, the musical? Did they they add the series part? It was already there, the series. That was was the joke. It was was there the whole time? Yeah. Okay. I only remember it ever just being called No, it was called High School Musical, the musical, the series, starring Olivia Rodrigo. High School Musical, the musical, the series starring uh, Sour uh, musician uh, Olivia Rodrigo. All right, no, so. it's High School Musical, the musical, the series. It's brutal out here. So, uh, speaking of starring, this musical or movie stars in her acting debut, Francesca Hayward. Mm. She's a British ballerina. Mm-hmm. That's probably like way underselling how talented she is. Oh, you liked her? I meant, like, in terms of, like, her, like, like actual oh, ballet. Her. Oh, her, okay. I'm calling just someone a British ballerina. She's probably really good if she was able to make an acting debut out of it, but... Anyway. Uh, Did you like her performance? I didn't like any of the performances. <laughs> so... It, this movie grossed $75 million mm-hmm. on a budget of 80 to $100 million. Mm-hmm. So not good. Um, Sahara, what do you know about cats? What do I know about cats? My first experience. They meow and they have whiskers. <laughs> I was introduced to the musical cats at a very young age. I was in elementary school, and my uncle actually really liked the musical. Mm-hmm. And he showed me the 1998 version on DVD, and I was like, 
oh, this is fucking Oh, this is eating. Amazing. And I loved it. And it never occurred to me that people had a hard time getting what Cats was. Like, you either get it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing that if you don't get it, you don't really like it. But if you get it, like, you get it. And it's just like... So this musical is based off of uh, T.S. Eliot's, like, poems that he wrote for his uh, nieces. Yeah. Yeah. The Jellicle Cats. And I didn't know that the songs were actually based on, like, the actual poems. So if you, like, read the book, there's, like, actual poems mm-hmm. of, like, the, the songs that we see. So, like, there is, like, McCavity and, like, Rum Tum Tugger and um, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Those are all actual poems in that book. Yeah. Like, characters in that book. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So is Growl Tag- Tiger. Because when I said, I don't Growl. know. Because you know that, 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 that cat that I was like, he's not even in the musical. I don't know who this is. Like, why did they add him? But I guess that's more like a shout out to, like, the... Uh, a shout out. To the book, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. But yeah, and I have seen this musical in person. Have I, you? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Me and my uncle had a really good time. Um, me and my uncle also went to go see this movie for his birthday. And we were so, so incredibly disappointed. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, okay. Well... Well, let's go watch the 1998 version, uh-huh. and then all was all was well. Okay, now your turn. What was your? What do you know about cats? Uh, you made me watch the 1998 version mm-hmm. on DVD once. Mm-hmm. That's it. Did you like it? It was all right. Cause didn't you say the first time you saw it? That, that was the only, that's the first and only time I've seen it. But I mean, like before me. No. Have you ever heard of cats before? I'd heard of it because back in the back when I was a kid, that's I. That's what a, I was asking. That's not what you said. Back when I was a kid, I had a VHS for, like, a Barney the Dinosaur movie, mm-hmm. and that was, like, one of the commercials that would play before we get into the actual movie. It was for Cats. So, and you weren't like, wow, that's cool. I was like, this looks terrifying. <laughs> like, even as a kid, I was like, whoa, who would go? Who would pay to go see this? You know, I thought the same thing about Ant-Man, so there's that. Ant-Man was good. And Cats was good. But are you telling me that you don't at least, like find some of those songs interesting some of them like some of those songs are good but mm-hmm. like some of the songs being good isn't going to carry the rest of the musical to me really i didn't like this like i'm not saying the movie but i didn't like it at all like not even the musical version or it's, the, it's not my cup of tea really which is so crazy because christian does like phantom of the opera like that's his jam ba, 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 ba. but i feel like you gotta have cats to have phantom of the opera okay you gotta, you gotta humbleize yourself. I gotta humbleize myself? Mm. Humblerina. But did you know that there was an animated film planned by Spielberg's Amblimations was initially planned but scrapped when the studio closed? And there's actual, like, drawings. Am- Amblim closed? Yes. Really? Yeah. Like a long ass time ago. It wasn't. Like, I think they did, like, Five Old Goes West and then, like, another movie and I can't remember what it was. Like, Amblim. Yeah, Amblimation. Oh, Amblimation? Yeah. Is there a difference between them and, like, regular Amblim? I don't know. Because I know, well, is, I know there's Amblin. Amblin Entertainment, which is still around, I think. Amblimation wasn't around long. I'll look up Amblimation. That's a Spielberg studio, but you didn't know that. Oh, okay. Amblimation was just a, was a subsidiary, mm-hmm. subsidiary of Amblin Entertainment. Okay. It was British. Cool. 
But yeah, but they were gonna make cats into into like that animation, but it closed down and it made me really sad. But you can like see some of the drawings that they did mm. for the cats. And honestly, I really wish they went that route. Cause I think it would have worked a lot better than this. You know what I mean? Because there's also like um, I highly recommend watching the Lindsay Ellis essay about this uh, cats because like she talks about how like it's really hard to put a musical like a stage adaptation into um, a movie. Yeah. Because you know on a stage you're kind of restricted to what the audience sees, and that's why the musical cats works. Because, you know, like, a lot of the songs, they're geared to them talking... The cats are talking to us as the audience. Uh-huh. But it's a lot harder with the freedom of a movie. And that's why they... It doesn't work when you have, like, say, Victoria, who they made the main character, being like, oh, I know nothing about this world. Like, you know, we're seeing the cat world through her eyes, you know? But then again, in the film, like... I think it really struggles because I don't think the film really knows what it wants to do, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they either break the fourth wall, or Victoria doesn't know what's going on, or she doesn't know what's That's going true. on. That's true. It would switch a lot yeah, with her and knowing it, and not yeah, knowing. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I'm not sure what Hopper was really going for. I know he wanted another, like, successful Les Mis, you know? Like, to, you know, but lightning can only strike once you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I I get that he was trying to get like this realism and trying to like and that's why they look like what they look like but at the same time I mean like you can't really especially with this musical you know it's already like difficult enough to try to iterate what this story is than to try to make it as um, accessible to everyone Mm -hmm. because if you do that then you just lose the um i guess integrity of the story you lose because like he had to like sacrifice so much of the original story just to have a linear story and that's why it fails you know and i really think he should have just catered to the musical theater people who were going to go see this movie anyway because we like cats Mm -hmm. we like cats and we were gonna go see it it. yeah and we were gonna go see it regardless the girls they get it get it so Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman were both offered parts for this. Both respectfully declined. I bet they're like, thank fucking God. Yeah. Who do you think Anne Hathaway's character would have been? It would have been... Um, I feel like it would have been... Um, Grisabella. Grisabella. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Jackman probably would have been... Not old Deuteronomy, but probably... He would have been Gus the theater cat. Probably. Honestly, I yeah. can see that. I can see him being <laughs> Gus. So, the cast also had to go to cat school... Uh, which Taylor Swift described as hours on end, barefoot crawling on the floor, uh, hissing at each other, learning cat instincts so they could carry themselves on how a cat views the world, end quote. What do you think about cat school? Kind of dumb. Because it's not like they're actual, like... Just meow. Like, like, yeah, they're cats, but they're not actually cats. Does that make sense? (laughs) And I, I know what you mean. And... Our audience might not know what you mean, mm-hmm. but like when you said like, they're cats but not actually cats, mm-hmm. like yeah, they are. They are cats, mm-hmm. but also like they're a very like Broadway version of a cat. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, like they don't need to be like like music and meow, 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 me
meow, 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 meow. I think they don't need to be like that. Yeah, they're not like, they're not, it's not like they're trying to be real cats, mm-hmm. you know. So, but they were going to use prosthetics, but Hopper thought the actors lost expression in their faces and so decided to use visual effects. We were this close. This close. The, I do think prosthetics probably would have worked a bit better. You know, like what prosthetics? Like probably like a cat face, like you know, like they have their nose and their whiskers, probably like that. Maybe. Is what I'm thinking. But I really wish they kind of went the makeup route, like they do in the Broadway musical. Yeah. I think that would have been a lot better than yeah. what monstrosity we fucking saw. I I agree. Also, substantial work on the visual effects for Cats was performed at. MPC Vancouver. Mm-hmm. What does MPC stand for? Oh, you just wrote it down? Mm-hmm. I just thought you'd like that fact because I thought that was really funny. Oh, okay. Which had previously worked on the redoing of the visual effects for Sonic the Hedgehog. I was like, Christian's gonna love this. <laughs> you were right. I did love that fact. Don't don't shove my hand like That's that. That's why it goes. So, um, apparently, by the way... The, allegedly. Allegedly. The visual effects staff were working like 80, 90 hour weeks at mm-hmm. the towards the end of the production because... Um, Hopper basically told them, like, oh, you have, like, six months to finish the trailer, which gave them only four months to complete the entire film. Yeah, they didn't finish it until hours before the premiere. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Jesus. Also, the reason why, like, Hopper didn't really understand, like, visual effects at all, and, like, with visual effects, like, they'll show you something, and then they'll be like, okay, if you don't like it, then they can fix it and then render it. But I guess he wanted to see things rendered already. Yeah. So they had to render the film, show it to him, and he'd be like, oh, I don't like this, change this, this, and this, which would take even longer. And like, homie, it's already rendered. I know! And I'm just like, and it's just because he didn't understand visual effects at all. And then on top of that, the music itself is like, because I guess he wanted to go for like the lamest thing where like, he wanted like actual real singing and I'm just like okay that's great that's fine but at the same time please fucking let them record yeah. use a backtrack like that music it's cause like you're putting more work than necessary than it needs to mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I'm just like I don't understand the whole authenticity I, I in the name of like uh, I don't know art and I think it's really, like... Because if you're hindering somebody's performance to do well... Because, like, sometimes they would sing the song to a metronome. Or they'd sing it by following the piano. The pianist would follow the uh, the, the, the actor. And it's just, like... <laughs> like, I don't understand why you're torturing these musicians uh-huh. like they were fucking struggling i know and it just and i'm like do you understand music like at all at all <laughs> at all and it just uh it just grinds my gears it grinds my gears my gear consider my ears also grinded. hopper was like an asshole to the like vfx people like he oh, would, really? like yeah like you would like call them names and shit that's mean I know, and it's just, like, if you're gonna be an asshole, like, I'm glad, like, your movie fucking sucked and bombed the way it did, you know? Because, like, you're not gonna, like, be, like, say, because, like, you can't, like, as a leader, you can't, like, 
talk shit about somebody and then not know what the fuck you're doing because that's your team and they you wouldn't have had this movie without them you know and they're putting in all the fucking work Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're just gonna like berate them into like working harder i don't know what the reason was but like like they really like and i feel really bad because i never want to like poke fun at the vf vfx because like somebody worked really really hard you know yeah and like half of them were like fired and like like it was just like a shit show from the beginning to end you know yeah and it just makes me really like like this isn't their fault like their 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 leader their director didn't know what the fuck they were doing oh yeah yeah and i just feel like tom hopper should have a lot more blame Mm -hmm. than uh the vfx team because remember during the oscars where rebel wilson and james corden were like in their cat costumes and they were like oh we know a thing or two about vfx do you remember that we know a thing or two yeah because we've seen a thing or two yeah and because and that made the audience laugh or whatever yeah yeah that's so fucking awful I don't... Even then, when I watched it, I was like, I don't think this is entirely their fault at all. I think they were only doing with what, like, what they were given. Yeah. They did the best that they could. Yeah. With what shitty direction that they had. hmm I just can't believe that Tom Hopper thought he was going to get an Oscar out of this. That's all I'm going to say. I don't understand it. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? Do I have anything to add? Mm-hmm. No, this movie's ass. Let's get into it. All right, cats. So we open with a full moon as the Jellicle Jingo starts playing, and we pan down to the city of London, this random alleyway, and it's like 1930s London. Mm-hmm. And we then see a car pull up as the humanoid cats hide from the car lights in the shadow. As we see a woman get out of her car, toss a pillowcase, and jump back in her car and drive away. But it sparks the curiosity of the rest of the cats as they creep closer to the pillowcase to reveal Victoria, played by bitch Francesca Hayward. And I would just like to say, I do not understand why we saw a person. Why do we need to see a person? Honestly. Because that just, like... And only for, like, a couple seconds, too. And so I'm just like, okay, why? Yeah, but the contrast between, like, us seeing a a person and then seeing a humanoid cat. And it's just like... (sighs) Okay. So the cats scatter, and Victoria just looks really confused as to why she's there, as the rest of the cats start singing, like, the cat-like theme song. Because Jellicoe cats can, and Jellicoe cats do. They do all. <laughs> so basically, the song is just explaining that they are cats, and they like cat things, and they're asking if Victoria is one of them. Um, very, like, synchronized dancing, as we move through the alleyway and into the main squirrel squirrel into the main square as the evil cat McCavity, played by Idris Elba watches them from afar mm-hmm. so while everyone is singing all the cats suddenly stop and just abandon Victoria by herself because McCavity has made himself known Victoria is even more confused why she's been left behind as McCavity warns her to not go to the Jellicle Ball because it could be dangerous what is a Jellicle Ball what is the Jellicle Ball they will explain it later, but as a cat's expert, I shall explain it now. But basically, a cat who thinks they're ready to go to the heavy side lair performs for this cat group as to who they are and why they think they should go, and whoever their leader picks is worthy to go gets to. I do not know what the I don't know what the heavy side lair is, but it was explained to me that it's like cat heaven, and you get to be reincarnated. So pretty big deal in the cat universe. Mm-hmm. What do you think the heavy side lair is? 
What do I think the heavy side layer is? Mm-hmm. I think the heavy side layer is just like, you know how they say cats have nine lives? Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to do your next life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Like, and I think it's really weird when people say, like, oh, it's like a death cult. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it is a death cult. It's our favorite. I never, I, it never occurred to me that they would die. It's just that they were just reborn. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, like, I never saw that as, like, a scary, bad thing. So, McCavity tells her that he is running to be chosen, but starts to sing about McCavity and how evil he is until Mr. Mistopheles interrupts and brings Victoria back to the group, to, and only to find that when she turns around, McCavity is gone. How could they? As Victoria tries to join the group, she gets asked what her name is before she can pass through like the gates that all the cats are in. She tells them that her name is Victoria, but they ask if she has other names that she goes by. Victoria is confused as Monkostrap, who is kind of like the older brother of the group or a clan of cats, explains through song that cats are very important and that they must, cat names are very important that they must have at least three names. One they call themselves, one's for what the group calls them, and one's for what their human calls them. So all these weird names that they have is not even what their owners have named them, and I think that is something. And this is the part in the musical at this time where Victoria does her, like, dance solo. And I think in the film, it shows that she's becoming one with this group. But in the musical, I always interpreted that since she's a kitten, she kind of does her own thing and she just wants to play and encourages others to do the same. And I really hate that the movie kind of took that away. Honestly. No. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So, just something I want to bring up, like, Mm -hmm. in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that like, or movie and the musical? I guess mm-hmm. is the first time I ever saw the musical. Mm-hmm. It kind of threw me off how like there's no like main central character. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that going into it. Until like was, this movie or like when we watched the show. Well, when, it, when we watched the show, yeah. I didn't know that there was there wasn't like a real like central character. That never really bothered me. And well, I just didn't know that going into it. So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And I had to go through, like, the same exact whiplash, like, uh-huh. like again. Uh-huh. Because in this movie, there is a main central character yeah. in Victoria. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Why are we following this random cat? <laughs> and it's really... It sucks because Victoria in the show, she is literally, like, part of the ensemble. She's, like... She dances. She doesn't sing. She sings, but she doesn't have, like, a solo where she sings. She mostly dances. Yeah. So at this part where they're playing in the, a movie is her dance solo and it's because McCavity was kind of like a t- I wouldn't say attacking them but just kind of like making himself known that he's like there and the cats kind of scatter uh-huh. and I think since she's a kitten it's kind of more like oh well you know like I'm I'm ready to you know come out and like start playing so everyone else needs to come out too of course and kind of encourages the rest of the group to like okay let's continue you know it's ready let's get this ball started and I don't know I just feel like the film really takes a lot of the liberties of the original show away and it kind of loses the heart of the show and this is like the first instance where you start noticing that and yeah that's all I have to say about that that's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, go on. So Mr. Mistopheles calls out to the cats to get ready for this ball. And it kind of comes off that Mr. Mistopheles is clumsy and, and loves magic and everyone just kind of dismisses him. Like, he is so well-liked. But, like, you know, like, he's, like, one of, like, um, like, 
everyone loves Mr. Mistopheles. Like, he's just a favorite. Like, that's my uncle's favorite cat. Like, when we went to the show, like, everybody was buying Mr. Mistopheles merch. Like, yeah, like, everyone fucking loves this cat. And the fact that he's kind of just like, oh, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, uh, I was like, that's not his character. And so they explained that the Jellicle Ball... And about like like what it is, you know. And Victoria's like, okay, what's a, what's the heavy side layer? And Monkey Strap uh, explains that it's up in the sky, and that only the most deserving of cats will be reborn into a new life. Which hence is my thing. I'm like, okay, so it's basically just to get their next life. You mm-hmm. know. Mister Mustafeles cuts in and tells Victoria that it's another chance for a cat to be who they always dreamed of being. And Victoria asks how one will be chosen, and Monkey Strap explains by uh, via song. Uh, I'm just kidding. He doesn't explain via song, but uh, he explains that by singing. The cat, uh, that, uh, what the want, cat is, and the, what what, like do. the cat that wants yeah. to go to the heavy side there. Mm-hmm. They by through singing, they explain like what they are and what they want, you know. And uh, Victoria, he, he takes Victoria to see like one of the cats that's competing. Oh, it's because it's kind of like a competition. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's really weird to look at it at that angle. You Why? Know? I don't think it's like a competition. Someone what is like, this a competition? I guess, but like, I don't know. It's weird thinking of like a competition for like heaven. You know what I mean? I guess. It's just weird to think about like that. And uh, he immediately starts singing about a cat named Jenny Annie Dots, who is a fat, lazy cat uh, when her owners are home. Uh, but really, she's teaching cockroaches and mice how to be proper mm-hmm. or whatever. So we meet Jenny, played by Rebel Wilson. Uh, by the way, I just want to point out that in this movie, they make her seem like really, really clumsy. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, she kind of was in the musical. How? She just, I feel like she was. I just feel she like. She didn't know her own size, and so she would like hit things all the time on accident. But she didn't. She was, she's she's like that old lady that gives you like warm cookies, and she's like, oh, you're welcome. Have a nice day. Old, old, old women don't give us random cookies like they used to. But I feel like on. Rebel Wilson kind of like uh, makes Jenny like. Oh, oh, oh. Literally. Oh, I'm so clumsy. Like character assassination. Uh, no, for real. Anyway. Also, it makes me feel so bad because Rebel Wilson cannot sing this song. What? Where, where were you? And it's just like, because there's this other video essay I watched and basically like... Sahara gets all of her info from video essays. I mean, yeah, but it's so true then. You're like... Why, why is she struggling to sing this song? In the original, in the show, it's sung by three, three, three cats. They sing it, and it's sung by Monko Strap and these three cats, but, like, Rebel Wilson ends up singing this whole thing. And I don't have a problem with celebrities and musicals. I do. It happens all the time. It happens even, like, on Broadway shows. Like, they bring in celebrities to, like, give, to get seats filled. I do it. Yeah, I, I do. I do have a problem though. Why? Why you can't get an actual like talented celebrity <laughs> who can sing and play the part? The, the, both things are required, not just one or the other. Anyway, and so Victoria asks why Jenny would want another life, and Jenny explains to her that she can't stand being in the kitchen where she lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also like eats one of the roaches, by mm-hmm. the way, like right there, right, right then and there. Mm-hmm. Sahara said that the real Jenny would, like, never do that. No. So, why? She she, she, she she treats them like they're her, like her kids, basically. Also, the mice. If you were a cat, would you eat roaches on mice? No. You wouldn't eat mice? No. If you were a cat? Also, the mice look really scary. Like Yeah, they, they, they've, like, transposed, like, children's faces onto them. Uh-huh. And it's really gross. Like, yeah. you're like, ew! 
So anyway, that song ends. Um, and then we get Rum Tum Tugger, which is played by Jason Derulo. Which I love, by the way. You loved it? I was kidding. This is like the only like good part of this musical. He tells the group that her song was old and boring and he thinks he can do better. Jenny does not want him in her kitchen and she gets really annoyed that he's there and the two start singing about what a, what a big deal he is. Rum Tum Tugger is one of my favorite cats and one of my favorite numbers. And the cat is supposed to have, like, this huge, like, sex appeal. And it can be really hard to, like, successfully pull off. But I do think Jason Derulo doesn't, doesn't, like, I think he does, does a decent job. He does a good job. He, he's Jason Derulo. I was very pleasantly surprised the first time I watched it. I was like, you know, that's not that bad. It is not that bad. I will give him that. Yeah, but basically, Rum Tum Tugger's whole thing is that he's, like, one of those cats that are, like, meow at you, like, oh, feed me, feed me, mm-hmm. and then you put food in front of them, and they don't care anymore. Yeah. He's just one of those cats that's, like, really annoying, but, like, you can't help but love. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And so, Victoria is very smitten by his charisma as the group makes their way outside, and Tugger gives them all, like, a, he, like, gets them into, like, a milk bar, mm-hmm. kind of, and, uh... Uh, we even get a dance break from like Jenny in the middle of all this, which is kind of played for laughs. Because it happens like in the middle of his song. They 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 do this on like almost every song where like they break the song up and like to make like a joke or whatever. Yeah. And it just does not work. And I'm like, dude. Stop. And so after that, Grisabella, played by Jennifer Hudson, makes an appearance for the first time. And everyone like immediately is like shunning her mm-hmm. and like trying to get away from her. And Victoria's like, oh, I wonder why that is. And she cries, tries to get close to her, but is, like, stopped by another cat. And so Grisabella sings, like, what her deal is and how she's been abandoned by the group. And she sings about how hard it's been as one of the other cats sings about why uh, Grisabella was shunned. And so basically everyone knew her and how, like, fancy she was until she abandoned the group to find better things. But that ended up, like, not working. Mm-hmm. And so she tried to come back to the group and they were, and so they were like, oh, well, we didn't appreciate being left. And so they shunned her. Sahara told me, though, in the musical, it's implied that she had, like, hung out with McCavity or mm-hmm. something like that. And so, uh, but after that, they chase her off by singing uh, how le- how much she's let herself go, you know? Mm-hmm. And Victoria asks who she is, and it's explained to Victoria that she, you know, she used to be a star at the Windmill Theater, but now she lives in the Wasteland, alone. Alone. Interesting way to just describe London, <laughs> the Wasteland. And so next we get a shadow of a man, but like it turns out it's just Bustopher Jones, played by James Corden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Bustopher tells Victoria that she is really thin and should eat. But Victoria's like, oh, why would you? Why do you want to be chosen? Uh, you know, for the uh, uh, heavy side layer. And Jenny cuts in saying that, you know, he only wants to be reborn as the thin cat so that he can get fat all over again. Because if you don't know Bustopher Jones, he's the fattest cat in mm-hmm. the musical. Yeah, but he's, like, a proper lad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he goes to, like, the bars and stuff with his owner, and he's just, you know, like, there getting the scraps. Because I guess the, the, their their owner... I imagine that their owner, like, passes food to them underneath the table. Uh-huh. That's what I imagine, that he's that type of cat. Your birthday. My birthday. So, McCavity still is Jenny. And I understand why they do that, because he later kidnaps old dude Neuronomy. But in the show... He just kidnaps old Deuteronomy, and I think what Hopper was trying to do was trying to explain why he does that, or why that needs to be done. But, like, McCavity's not that big of a deal in the show. Like, yeah, he's there, but he's mm-hmm. defeated, defeated, like, ten seconds later by this other cat. Which starts off this song about, like, the poticles and the dogs, that dog song. Which they cut from this film. I, miss the dogs. I know, and then that was like it's it's a pretty fun song. 
But back with Bustopher, as everyone goes back into the alleyway to find more food, as we get another musical interruption for a fat joke. And I think it's annoying, and I think it really takes you out of it. So, yeah. Bustopher is able to get into the trash can, down to feed the rest of the cats, and we see that Victoria and Mr. Mistopheles have a moment. Which also does not happen in the show. It doesn't? And I hate that because it's, like, in the show, it's more like Mr. Mistopheles and Rumtum Tugger kind of a thing. And I'm just like, uh, why? Why? Because even Rumtum Tugger in this movie is just like, ooh, Victoria, ooh, ooh, girl, ooh. Ooh, girl. And I'm just like, that's fine. I mean, like, I think Rumtum Tugger swings both ways, but I'm just like, no, Mr. Mistopheles. You go, girl. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't just say you go, girl. No. So while singing, Bustopher sees an even bigger trash can that McCavity is sitting on top of it. And since Bustopher cannot help himself, he goes towards the huge trash can. The group sees McCavity and they scatter as Bustopher jumps into the trash can and disappears just like Jenny. Back with Victoria, who tries to run away, is picked up by these two twin cats, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. They ask Victoria why she is alone, and she says she has friends, but they have of course abandoned her to fend for themselves. So the twins promise to look after her from now on. So Rumple Teaser and Mungo Jerry start singing their song. Now this is not the song that everyone knows from the 1998 version. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different tempo change, and you're just like, <sighs> but apparently it's the song from the original, which is fine, which is so fine. But I know for a fact, I know for a fact that most people's exposure to Cats was the 1998 version, and I'm just like, why would you change the most energetic song in the show to something slower? And honestly, they kind of, like, downgrade these two cats to just being, like, lackeys of uh, McCavity towards the end of the movie. Yeah. So anyway, and we see the cats go into this random house, and they go through all the drawers and jewelry, as they explain to us, and no one really faults them, because they're just cats. Mm -hmm. And they dance, and they get Victoria to wear all the jewelry, so that if they get caught, they'll just blame her. Mm -hmm. And they explain that they even steal food, because people just have so much of it, and no one will even notice. But even if they do, they'll just say it was just those horrible cats. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're like, ah, it doesn't matter if we get caught, no one really cares. Mm -hmm. And so they dance uh, and whatnot, and and the cats completely just start destroying the house, breaking things. Victoria gets super into it, and after the song ends, a vase ends up being smashed, awaking a dog, and they all leave, except for Victoria, whose pearl necklace that she was wearing got caught by the bed frame and trapping her as the dog comes closer. Mr. Mistopheles sees that Victoria is in trouble and comes to save her, but gets trapped in a pile of clothes as soon as he enters the room. Victoria, on the other hand, is able to wiggle herself free and get to the... and get the door almost closed until the dog on the other side tries to push its way through. Mr. Mistopheles gets himself free and is able to help Victoria by holding the door back, but magically pulls a dog bone out of his hat, distracting the dog. Now, I just have a question, right? Mm-hmm. How big was the dog again? We didn't see it. We just hear it growling. We hear it? You, you, so we don't ever see the dog? Mm-mm. So you're telling me there's a non-zero chance that this dog is also, like, played by a human in the way that these, like, cats are? <laughs> I need to see. It's that, um, you know on Twitter where that guy in Japan dresses up as a dog and, like, walks around dog parts and shit? That's what I imagine. Or it's the guy in New York who, uh, dresses up as a rat. That's horrifying. I'm I'm gonna find that while you go. Go ahead. (laughs) After successfully closing the door, the two catch their breath as Victoria shamelessly takes off the necklace that is around her neck. Mr. Mistopheles tells her that she has been 
that he's been looking for her because he's afraid that she would miss the arrival. Victoria asks what exactly that is, and he explains the arrival of their leader, Old Deuteronomy. The dog then starts growling at the door, and the two split. Next, we cut to what ended up happening to Bustopher Jones. And I really love that the group of cats, like, do not care what happened to him or Jenny any dots. Like, they're just like, oh, they're gone. Oh, well. Go on. Anyway, so Bustopher lands on the barge in the middle of the Thames, as explained by Jenny, who Bustopher is surprised to see. They wonder what they're doing here, as they're supposed to be attending the ball, but McCavity explains that they will be going nowhere because he attends on winning this year's ball and wants to keep any competition he has tied up here so that he gets picked. So McCavity has a little assistant and, assistant, and he's not really part of the musical show, but he is in the, uh, the T.S. Eliot's uh, poems. And it's Growl Tiger, and he is the bravo cat that travels on the barge. And he starts uh-huh. to sing about his deal as James Corden makes a joke about his song, and it's honestly such an afterthought, like, you can just skip this part. Also, Sarah, what's the name of the river? The Thames? The Thames? Yeah. The Thames. I, re- I read it one time we were in, like, English, and we were doing, like, Shakespeare or whatever, and I, like, read it as Thames, and uh, my English teacher took me out back and shot me, so. <laughs> Sounds about right. Thames. Back with Victoria and Mr. Mistopheles, who joins the cat group again, as Monkostrap asks where they have been this entire time, as he noticed that Victoria still has a ring around her cat wrist. That Monkostrap, yeah, Monkostrap eyes suspiciously, but Mr. Mistopheles takes the blame, telling him that it was just a magic trick gone wrong. Monkostrap tells her that she made it in time to see Old Deuteronomy, and Victoria is like, "That's cool, but I have no idea who that is or why they are important." And Monkostrap starts to explain by singing that she is their leader and an old cat that has lived many lives and has been alive since before Queen Victoria became queen. All the cats look at the mist as old Deuteronomy makes her appearance from the fog. She is played by Judy Dench. And from how it was explained to me that old Deuteronomy, well, he's a man in the show, and it was explained to me that he fathered all these cats and that's why everyone is so close to him. I think I told you that. You did not. Okay. Are you lying? No. Old Deuteronomy is like, yes, I'm here and I'm ready to get this ball started, but I'm old and slow as fuck, so be nice to me. Yeah. She tells him that it's now time for the ball to get this ball started and start considering the choice of who will go to the heavy side lair. And Gus, the theater cat, played by Ian McKellen, kind of makes himself known as Old Deuteronomy calls out to the cats to join her inside this theater. As Old Deuteronomy makes herself a seat... The cats sing about what it means to be a jellicoe cat, and they start to this dance sequence, which is honestly so great if you see, like, the stage production. Like, it's so well choreographed, but in the movie, they just look really scary, especially when they're, like, purring, because it looks like they're vibrating. Yeah. Also, their feet don't really touch the ground. Yeah, you sense. pointed that out to me, and only from then on I could <laughs> see it. Yeah, like... it's really, like, once you see it, you can't unsee it, and you're, like, especially when they're dancing... And I noticed it the first time when Victoria was dancing and she tried to dance on point. And I was just she like, said, oh, her feet are not touching the ground literally, like, at all. Literally. Or at least it just really looks like it. In that mm-hmm. case, you need to really make the lighting better. And so... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. Like, yeah. like it, After you pointed that out to me, I did start to notice that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really weird. I don't like that. Oh god, I lost my place. 
So we also see that Grisabella is just watching from a distance as this is all going on, but she gets chased out. We see Cants dancing with tennis shoes on, by the way. We see Cants. Cants. <laughs> yeah, we see cats dancing with, but they have tennis shoes on. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and this is, and I know that this bothered you after I pointed it out because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, wait a minute, that that cat had tennis shoes on. I rewinded it for you. Did you not like that? Why the fuck would they have tennis shoes on? <laughs> <laughs> You're so hater. You're such I'm a, a hater. hater. You're such a hater. Anyway, and so. After that, the whole da- after that whole dance sequence, Victoria goes outside to catch her breath, and she sees Grizabella, and she starts to, like, seeing at the moon, you know, and how lonely she is, and how she just craves to relive, relive those days where she was happy. So, Hera, can you give us your- the impression of singing the song? No. You can't sing for me? No. Why? I don't want to. Why? You're good. So, Sahara- <laughs> a great singer. Oh, my way. God. Don't lie to them. She's so good. Oh, my God. Memory <laughs> And so, Victoria is like hearing all this and makes herself known to her as uh, as old Deuter- Deuteronomy is like watching this whole like interaction through the window. And Victoria goes to touch her, but Grisabella like walks away. And we see Victoria sing to her about how Grisabella is lucky to have a past to look back on because she has nothing. Victoria has nothing that is. And so that's and it's a song that isn't in the musical either. I knew that, and Sarah pointed out too. Like they just they just be adding shit that don't need to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And so, old Deuteronomy is, like, seeing all this and thinks about, like, moments of happiness and that everyone deserves that. And Victoria finally meets old Deuteronomy, and she asks Victoria... Played by Judy Dench, by the way. I already said that. Did you? Okay, yes. well, I said it again. And she asks Victoria if she'll, be, if she'll be around when the choice is made, and Victoria's like, oh, I can stay for that. And why wouldn't you, honestly? I mean, you've come so far. <laughs> I know. And so while Gus the theater cat is just chilling in the back room with his milk, Mr. Mistopheles tells him that it's his turn to present in front of old Deuteronomy. Mr. Mistopheles tells him good luck and that he's a really big fan. Gus asks for his name, and Mistopheles tells him that he's a magic cat and asks if Gus still gets nervous on stage. Gus says no, because he practices all the time. Hence, nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. Oh, no, it all went wrong. And so... Uh, Gus is like looking out from the theater curtains expresses that he's never played at this theater before and he starts to get a little ner- nervous as old Deuteronomy calls out to him to take center stage. Gus makes his way to the stage and as he starts to sing a song he explains that his name is really Asparagus but because it's too long he just goes by Gus which is honestly a really cute name for a cat mm-hmm. Asparagus. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And now he's just old and achy but in his youth he was like the smartest cat and even though he's old he was pretty important when he was younger. And so Gu- Gus... I, I, re- I, I really like Gus. He's yeah. not my favorite cat, but I like him, personally. What about you? I, I skip it. I skip his song every time. So it's like, boring. I think it's boring. Yeah, I'm like, boring. And so Gus finishes the song, and even Mr. Mistopheles helps with putting on some theater magic for Gus, and everyone cheers and meows, and Gus is, like, feeling himself, uh, because uh, to him, that was his best performance in a while. But as Gus exits uh, stage left, McCavity calls out to him, uh, telling him what a wonderful show that was, and asks for an autograph. And Gus comes closer to sign it, uh, it, to sign, like, something, and McCavity just kind of, like, snatches him, like, it's like a puff of dust, you know? He's like, McCavity! McCavity! (laughs) Old Deuteronomy then calls out for Skimbleshanks, the railway cat. So in the show, McCavity kind of attacks them, and all the cats kind of hunker together, and to make themselves kind of feel better, they sing about Skimbleshanks and how awesome he is. So, the film, they start singing about this cat who just hangs at the train tracks. And I will say, I'm really glad that they kept the essence of the song, especially with the tap dancing sounding like a train coming. Uh Like, I thought that was very redeeming quality. But my only complaint is that they actually do go to the train station instead of just pretending they are. 
like in the show. And I really wish that they still would have used like the elements of the junkyard that they were in the show. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really fun, especially when they pretend to, to, to have the train with all the, the trash that they have. And I thought that was like a really like really in like cool way of interpreting that instead of actually going to the train station. So at the end of that song, Skimble ends up going into the air, which like really ruins the song for me. Um, and so Skimble disappears, and everyone's like, what's going on? As McCavy just laughs and turns off all the lights. So we finally get McCavy's song that was originally a duet, but is sung by Cat Taylor Swift in this posh British accent. So she sings about how bad McCavity is while also drugging the other cats with catnip as Mr. Mistopheles gets Victoria out of there. So while trying to escape, Mr. Mistopheles gets drugged with catnip, but luckily for Victoria, she is still a sound mind as Taylor Swift and co. dance with her about how McCavity is so bad he doesn't take baths like he's told. So when this movie has only 37 minutes and 56 seconds left, T. Swift is kind of fighting for her life with these notes, bro. And, like, either either it's the note or it's her accent, but it's her singing any, and it's really hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> I also really hate that this song is being sung by someone who was on McCavity's side. Like, the whole point of this song is to be sung by a scorned lover, yeah. and I really hate that they took it in another direction. No, I get it. So, Victoria gets close to another exit, but kind of stops when she sees that old Deuteronomy is just kind of front and center. And because she's staying there for too long, she gets catnipped. Meow meow. So, how the song goes on, McCavy makes his presence known and joins in in his own song. Also, the color of his fur is skin. He's a ginger cat. The color of his fur is his skin. Yeah. So McCavity is able to successfully get Old Deuteronomy alone because all the other cats are knocked out. Meow meow. McCavity tells Old Deuteronomy that it's time to Old Deuteronomy. <laughs> that it's time to make the Jellico choice, and since he is the only contestant left, then it should be him who gets to get to the heavy side layer. And she's like, that's not how it works. Old Deuteronomy tells him that he can't go because she only chooses a cat that deserves to go and get a new life. Old Deuteronomy explains that she chooses a cat with soul. And Cat Taylor Swift is like, well, he's got soul. And McCavity's like, yeah, plenty of soul. And old Deuteronomy's like, yeah, but you cheat. And because that upsets McCavity, he snaps her up and takes old Deuteronomy to the Thames where the rest of the contestant cats are. Old Deuteronomy, horrified to see all of her cats are tied up, McCavity then asks her again to choose him, and she refuses. So the one thing I do not like about this depiction of old Deuteronomy is that she she kind of comes off as mean when she's explaining why she's not choosing McCavity. And I don't think old Deuteronomy would, I like, don't. be that harsh towards McCavity. Because I do think McCavity was also a part of this group at one point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of, like, in a Jesus kind of way. In a Jesus kind of you way. You know what I mean? Like, all of these are his children, and I don't think he'd speak that harshly to him. Yeah. So, because old Deuteronomy tells him no's again, he's like, fine. We walk the plank. And at this point, you're kind of just like, what even is this movie anymore? Mm. So Ground Tiger gets closer and starts poking her with a stick to get her to walk off the plank and into the river below. Into the river below. Back at the theater, the cats start to wake up from their catnip haze as Monko Strap starts freaking out and asking where old Deuteronomy went. And one cat uh, is there must... 
It's like, there must be something we can do. And one of the other cats, we just now learned, with only 30 minutes left of the film, that her name is Cassandra, says that they can't just magic her way back. And Victoria's like, yes, we can. And all the cats look to her, and she looks over at Mr. Mistopheles as a magic cat, and Marco Strop is like, it's worth a try. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? It's worth a try. <laughs> Mr. Mistopheles like, no, I can't. I'm just not that good. And it's very out of character for him to be this insecure. Like, Mr. Mistopheles knows he's, like, that cat. Mm-hmm. And so they all watch as Mr. Mistopheles, like, gets on stage, and he tries to bring back old Deuteronomy as he begins to sing how magical he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I never... No. Or what is it? Oh, well, never, never was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah, yeah, and so he tries like use a like magic wand to bring uh, old dude, old old dupe back, <laughs> and uh, he tries and fails, and so the cats just begin to like sing louder as he to you know help him be more confident that he can bring her back, and so in the show the song is sung by Rum Tom Tugger mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, Jason Derulo is there. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why he isn't singing. Hopper's afraid of gay cats. Liter- literally. <laughs> and so Mr. Mistopheles is about to give up, and Victoria sings to him that he is magical. Mm-hmm. You know. And after his third attempt, everyone looks into old Deuteronomy's bed, and she's still not there. And everyone gets, disappoint- gets disappointed. But then from behind them, somehow, old Deuteronomy just like appears and finishes the rest of the song, you know? And so, after his third, uh, or not after his third attempt, like, Mr. Victoria and Mr. Mishop, Mistopheles kind of share, like, a cat moment there. A cat moment. Meow, meow. Yeah, meow. <laughs> uh, and, which doesn't happen in the show. Like, those two do not interact, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, go ahead. And, like, at the end of this number, he, like, jumps and, like, disappears. And that doesn't even happen. Uh, they take it away. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. But after all the cats cheer, Victoria noticed that Grisabella has been watching in the crack in the door this whole time and goes after her. We then cut back to the barge where old Deuteronomy was and where all the kidnapped cats still are as an angry McCavity yells that old Deuteronomy tricked him. And as he vows that he will go to the heavy side lair, it's the last thing he does. So he disappears, bringing Cat Taylor Swift with him as Jenny sheds off her skin slash suit and is able to escape the chains. And I thought to myself, you're just now thinking of doing this now. <laughs> so Jenny tries to fight off Growl Tiger as Skimple Shanks and Buster for Jones help Gus the theater cat escape. So then Gus is able to push Growl Tiger off the plank and into the water below, and the cats all celebrate. Back with Victoria and Grisabella, Victoria calls out to her by singing and brings her inside with the rest of the cats. And this part annoys me so much because Victoria does not touch Grisabella until after she's finished singing because she's the only one who truly, like, accepts her into the group. Yeah. And the cats are really apprehensive to have Grisabella with them, but Victoria tells her to sing. So Grisabella starts softly singing memory in front of all the cats and, most importantly, in front of old Deuteronomy. So we get a break in the song where Grisabella kind of gives up before her big finish. And in the show, it's this kitten named Jemima who sings that solo to encourage her to keep singing. And I always love that part. And I would play it over and over and over again. And in this movie, it goes to Victoria. And it's such a huge slap in the face. Like, Hopper never cared about this project to even know that, or, like, know that the fans of the show, like, the ensemble of Cats is what makes this show. Yar. And I hate that he took that away. He literally gives the ensemble, like, solos or duets to celebrities, or he gives it to Victoria. Uh-huh. And it's just like, no, we do not know any of these cats. 
Because in the show, it is so important that, like, we know all the cats' personalities. Everyone has a favorite cat. Even in the ensemble, somebody has a favorite cat. We know nothing about these cat groups except for the cats that they have shown us. Mm -hmm. And it's such a huge, like, oh, it's such a frustrating thing. And we can tell that Hopper just does not care. He just wants an Oscar. He just wants another Oscar under his belt. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. Ran over. I'm just like, whoa. I just ran over. I'm just so annoyed. But the only redeeming quality about this film is literally Jennifer Hudson. She killed this song. She was born to sing this song. She's born. Yes, I was born. So after Grizabella finished her song OJ Ronomy goes up to her and not only accepts her but chooses her for the Jellico choice Grizabella thanks Victoria and Victoria sings her Taylor Swift song as the guide as they guide Grizabella to the chandelier that will take her to the heavy side layer so I I did read those notes that your notes like a little while I kind of skimmed through it and I read that and I, this entire time I've been trying to think of like a joke that mm-hmm. I can make with like a Taylor Swift song mm-hmm. right here mm-hmm. nothing's coming to mind it's all good okay. and that Taylor Swift song is like beautiful ghost in New and they her and Andrew Lloyd Webber came up with it but I'm just like why do you need to give Victoria a song you don't need to get Victoria a song yeah like oh my goodness but anyway so Grizabella makes her way up to the sky. McCavney tries to ride along, but he falls off. And he tries to magic his way up there, but he can't. And he ends up stuck on top of the statue that he's magic. on. And I thought we were going to get, like, a Les Mis, like, a uh, fucking another, like, suicide thing. Sewer slide. <laughs> we then see all our kidnapped cats meet up with the rest of the group. And they're all so happy to see each other as they make their way to this courtyard and are just surrounding this lion statue. And they have, like, the the, the cat song, yeah. I guess, apparently. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, this whole thing, it, like, it ends, and you're like, oh, okay, that's it. And then they keep going, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we get, like, a fourth wall break as old Deuteronomy that sings to us. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, is it it's not Rum Tum Tigger but it's uh, it's Mr. it's Mr. Mistopheles Victoria and one other cat Monkostrap ca- is it Monkostrap mm-hmm. we're all just like kind of staring at her just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like while she goes on this like one two minute long monologue mm-hmm. and she's like oh you know uh, she's like we just learned about all this weird stuff but the weird stuff is just how cats be without us watching you know like we're just cats bro mm-hmm. we cat along all the time and so when you think it's over, like, like I said, she just keeps talking or singing. It's mm-hmm. like talk singing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of at this point, you're just like, okay, the movie should have ended like a while ago. No, for real. And after this, all the cats like scatter because the night's over and it's time to go. Like it's daylight. Mm-hmm. And Victoria and Mr. Mistopheles, I guess, are like a cat couple now. Like they like rub their heads together. Yeah. You know? And Victoria and Old Deuteronomy are just like left alone. So Old Deuteronomy just tells Victoria that she truly is a Jellico cat. Or Jellico cat, not Jellico. Uh, a Jellico cat. And that basically now you're a part of something, a family, as they watch Grizabella make it to the heavy side layer. Mm-hmm. By the way, her chandelier kind of looks like it kind of just like explodes. No, like, it does not. It, it, it goes like, into the, cloud. the clouds. It goes into the clouds and like there's like a big bright like flash, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you made that up. I'm not. Watch it. Watch it. I will for the third time. B the end. Ah, finally. That was probably the shortest. Uh, episode we've done in yeah moment. you know how bad a movie's gotta be that it's our shortest episode ever no, shorter took, than Moonfall <laughs> I took 12 pages of notes that's probably the shortest I've ever done Moonfall oh do you think God. there's anything redeeming about this film um some of the songs like there are two songs that I would probably listen to mm. 
and that Rum Tum Tigger song. Okay. I keep saying Tigger, like from uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Because he's also a cat. Just think of Tugger. Tugger, yeah. A little bit of tail tugging. <laughs> uh, Rum Tum Tugger. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I, but honestly, that's probably the best song, in my opinion. I think Jennifer Hudson does a really good job. Oh, yeah, hers is, hers is good, but I mean, I would prefer it. I just really hate that they wasted her like that. Yeah. I'm just like, dude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't like this movie, and it should rot. Rot. And yeah, and I think we should all just bury it in our deepest, darkest memories. Cope and see. Guys, go watch the 1998 version. It's way better, and it's awesome, and you will cry. And you will cry. So this is a puff puff pass. Or? This is a puff puff pass, bro. I'm <laughs> passing so hard on this. One. Do not watch this high either. Do not watch be, this at all. That'd be so scary, bro. Do not watch this movie. So, what, what kind of rating would you give it? When I told Tahira we were watching this movie, I'm like, this movie is starting off at a one. <laughs> Normally, when I rate my films, I start them off at a five, and if there's like some stuff that I feel like it's like lacking, it, it'll drop, or if it's like we're doing really good, it'll rise up in its rank. Mm-hmm. So it starts at a five, and it goes like lower or higher mm-hmm. depending on enjoyment. This movie, like, I I tried to start it off with a five, but mm-hmm. I feel like that rating would be too generous, <laughs> and so honestly, I'm gonna give it like a. I'm gonna give it like a two. Okay, I think I'll agree with that. A two. A two. It, a two. It, it's just really bad. It's so bad. And I don't mean to hop on the on the hate train for this movie. No, it deserves it. But it's genuinely not great. Yeah, it deserves it. I truly do believe that. But yeah, uh, nightmare blunt rotation. Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Fucking nightmare blunt rotation. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done dream blunt rotations for so long. I forgot there was a nightmare. We did a nightmare for a Catwoman. That counts. Well, I guess. I like the Catwoman, though, compared to this. <laughs> uh, and so, okay. So, okay, Nightmare, Nightmare, Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably... <sighs> Jenny Any Dots. <laughs> okay. Uh, who was the one cat that I said was left with Victoria and uh, Mr. Rosalie? Yeah, Mungostrap. Mungostrap? Yeah, Mungostrap. Yeah. I just didn't like his face. He's just like... He is fucking scary. He's like... <laughs> just staring into your soul. Um, old Duke. Okay. And... The Railroad Cat, just because I feel like he's seen things. Skimbleshanks? Skimbleshanks. Okay, I would do he the knows. milk bar. Yeah. The pillowcase that Victoria gets... Uh, ends up in, flung in. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Let's see what else would I... Oh, the cockroach that gets eaten. Um, probably Janie Annie Dots' dance moves where she's like, well, I can do that. And the guy's like, let me see. Ooh, it's the let move. me see. It's the let me see. That's the it's a let me see. Yeah. <laughs> You're and I think my last one, I will do the... Uh, probably... Where Taylor Swift, that McCavity is a ginger cat, and he's just not. He is a ginger. He's like a chocolate cat. Yeah. So those are our 
Those are our thoughts <laughs> and concerns. And concerns. We are Puff Puff Pals. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast. We are the couple that is smoking in the background. In the background. Um, you can find us on Twitter or X, but everyone knows it is going to be Twitter forever. At Puff Pass Podcast, where we post memes. Sometimes we uh, say things on there. Sometimes we say things. <laughs> we try our hardest. Christian review sometimes reviews things that he's watching. So if you're ever interested on that, you can always we, check out his threads. Like earlier today, mm-hmm. we caught up with the uh, Attack on Titan uh, anime. Mm-hmm. All we have left to watch is the hour-long special that came out in March. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's like a... a, a We've been watching the dub version, mm-hmm. uh, but this all they have on Hulu, which is where it's at, is the sub version. So I mean, I have no problem watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I know Sahara just likes the dub version though, because mm-hmm. she, she she doesn't like reading. No, it's just if I watch it dubbed, then I have to watch the rest of the series dubbed. But if I start it off subbed, then I won't. Like I, I just know their voices are going to be different. Yeah, no, like, that's exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you're like, I don't, I don't know who this person is. I like real. <laughs> But if you would like to tell us your thoughts in the film or your nightmare or dream blunt rotation, you can email us at puffpuffpodcast23 at gmail.com. They might just end up on Sober Thoughts, which is coming up. And Sober Thoughts, if you don't know, is where we talk about all the movies that we've discussed over this month. We give little hash facts behind the scenes, just little facts about the films that we have watched, mm-hmm. while completely and utterly sober. sober. So, Sahara, mm-hmm. before we do go, mm-hmm. what are we reviewing next week? You'll find that out on Sober Thoughts. Boom. All right. Well, I meant I meant the week after sober thoughts. No, you found that out on sober thoughts. Yeah, that's lame. I don't want to wait. You don't even know what movie we're doing. I looked at the calendar literally last night, and I already forgot, so I don't want to hear it. All right, say bye, Christian. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.